Don't call it a comeback. It's just the second episode. Hey, folks, we're here again with the uh, Dreams of a Better Day podcast, and this week we have quite a treat for you. Um, <laughs> we have been mauling and mauling over exactly how to approach this movie, Ben, which is... Uh, the Omega Code. The Omega Code. It came out in 1999, and it is, um, it, it is an end times movie, and... I don't know. I'm I'm very kind of speechless about this movie. I I I watched it on Thursday. Yeah. So for the past about 48 hours, I have been just trying to I don't I'm still not exactly sure what I watched and it was it was a very bizarre movie when it comes to end times movies like uh, it followed a lot of the the end time movie tropes but it was just there was not it wasn't a uh it wasn't a good movie no <laughs> it wasn't it, even like a bad like yeah. a good bad movie yeah it because even with it's so different from fireproof too yeah it, and get up you got a little bit of whiplash from going from fireproof to this movie yeah for um, sure so you said uh, 1999 so this comes in the vein of there were kind of during that time period leading up to the year 2000 right. where like, the, the new millennium was happening there were a bunch of these sorts of end times movies made that had like some nugget of uh, biblical interpretation that they were trying to address and trying to you know tap into that fear of the unknown that was coming up with the new millennium and so there are a bunch of these types of movies and i'm sure we'll probably watch more of them for the podcast but this one in particular was interesting because so like the actors in this movie the main character who's a motivational speaker and his name is Gillian Lane. Gillen. This Gillen. Is just Gillen, Gillen Lane. Lane. And he has two PhDs <laughs> in world religion and mythology. Yeah, and he's a motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. And he is played by Casper um, Van Dien, Dien or something yeah. like that, who was the uh, main character in Starship Troopers. Yeah. And uh, Michael Ironside's in this as well, yeah. and he has a pretty prolific career in TV, film, and voice acting. And the the guy who plays the Antichrist yeah. is also... The guy who plays the Antichrist, actually. So when I first started watching the movie, I'm like, I know this guy from somewhere. Uh, I recognized his voice, and I kept thinking about it, and I realized, finally, he does an audiobook of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which I'd listened to a number of times. Like, it's Really? Been, yeah. So... Uh, I was like listening to this guy who had read me stories about Aslan and then now he's the Antichrist. So that was a weird like, mm. juxtaposition. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess we should start by saying the Omega Code is based on an actual... Oh yeah, the Omega Code. Is yeah, a, like, yeah a, Bible like code. a Bible Code that I guess there was a paper published by a couple of scholars back in the 90s. It's a relatively new concept. I think the paper was it's the paper was published in the last 
couple decades. Yeah, so the idea is that you can take the Hebrew text of the Bible and take out all the spaces, which there wouldn't have been spaces in the Hebrew text anyway, take out all the spaces and um, you can then do like letter skipping every seven letters or something like that to find secret messages encoded in the Bible in the Old Testament, which is interesting because the movie's titled The Omega Code, and Omega is not a Hebrew letter. It's a Greek letter. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I get that they were going for Omega as in the last days and stuff like that. Yeah, and they don't... They really they're know. more specifically dealing with the Torah anyway, right? Yeah. It's not even about the New... I mean, the New Testament was written in Greek, obviously, but they're not even... They're not even talking about the New Testament. No. And that's a common theme with this sort of dispensational uh, interpretation of the Bible. I don't want to get too theological here, but... No, I will say, when I was in... I went to a Christian high school, and we watched this movie. That's where I first saw it. I, at least once, maybe twice, we watched it in Bible class with in conjunction with our Revelation unit. And that was how... Yeah. The revelation was presented to us when I was in high school as, I, I guess, a pretty literal translation of everything that's... Yeah, so the idea with dispensationalism is that at some point in the future, once... So the Jews rejected Jesus and they crucified him. This is what dispensationalism says. This isn't me saying this. I'm not an anti-Semite. Uh, <laughs> So the the Jews rejected Jesus, and so instead of bringing the kingdom of God to the Jewish people, which is what they, you know, what Jesus was planning on doing, he there's this parenthesis of a couple of thousand years where he deals mainly with the Gentiles, and then the idea is that towards the end times, um, some people think after the rapture, although this movie doesn't have a rapture in mm-hmm. it, but towards the end times, the the plan is going to go back and jesus is going to start dealing with the jewish people again and so in a lot of dispensational movies and thinking like it it's centered more on the jewish people than it is on like christianity as a whole because jesus is now coming back to set up this earthly physical kingdom Mm -hmm. that he is going to rule and reign for a thousand years on earth after the seven-year tribulation happens with the Antichrist. So it's basically following that model of mm-hmm. interpreting the Bible. Were you surprised that there wasn't a rapture in this movie? Or, I mean... Yeah, so... I thought it was weird that they skipped out on that. Because that's how end times movies often start. Or, you know... Well, Left Behind does, anyway. Well, yeah, maybe that's the only other one I can think of. Yeah, so... There are different, there are like competing views within dispensationalism that say that all of this stuff will happen before the rapture happens. But yeah. I don't know that this movie was actually thinking about those kind of things. I think this movie was just taking like little elements from mm, the biblical yeah. idea to make a like political action thriller movie. I don't think they were really trying to necessarily follow the Bible that closely because. Yeah, they yeah. didn't really. Yeah, pay attention to anything too closely in this movie. It was yeah, it reminded me of something like I hate to even make this comparison because these movies are not at all on the same level. Yeah. But something like Indiana Jones, where they take like oh the Ark of the Covenant idea, yeah, okay, and then turn it into this like you know political action uh, adventure story. And that's sort of like what this movie was trying to do with the Bible code and with some end time stuff. It didn't feel like it was really trying to adapt that the Bible. It was just taking elements to make a yeah compelling action movie, which 
it's sort of the Christian's version of the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, yeah, even that's the Da Vinci example. Code came out. At, even the book came out after this. Or I don't even know if the Da Vinci Code maybe Dan Brown based that off of the idea of the Bible Code. I've or, never actually seen the Da Vinci Code, so I can't. I haven't. I, haven't I don't read it either. If I remember correctly, his idea was that it was something to do with the painting of the Last Supper that Da Vinci painted, and there was like a code hidden in the painting. Or oh, something that's like. that's right. Yeah, because the person next to him could be Mary Magdalene. Is that? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not qualified to, but speak on the Da Vinci Code. But yeah, that's a good example. This is like a a, a more Christianized Da Vinci Code. So, with Fireproof, we kind of went scene by scene through the movie, and I don't think I have it in me to do that with this movie. Mm-hmm. There's just... It There's was, definitely uh, some great some moments, moments that <laughs> deserve uh, some recognition. Yeah, we, but, we can talk about a couple of those, I guess. Yeah, well, I guess, in general, this... So this this movie is a... There's this yeah, give code. us a plot synopsis. I'll try quick. my best. <laughs> there is this code that a rabbi has discovered in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And in case you didn't know that, Ben. No, thank you. And um, it's a code that makes... has it, 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 Prophecies are contained in this code um, that are coming true. And this guy realizes it. But the beginning of the movie, he's killed because the last prophecy he finds, some I don't what, what was the, I don't even remember what the prophecy was, but it's basically you don't tel- find out until the end of the movie. The new that's the new oh, millennium. Yeah, yeah, the zero 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 new millennium yeah. dawns or something like that. But he gets shot by who we find out is the Antichrist henchman. Yeah, Michael Ironside, his second in command. Yeah, and he. For another, with this movie, there are guns in several scenes. All of them have laser <laughs> sights on them, but it's not—it's not necessary. I don't think it's just a weird because they film like the shooting scene, like the guys like a far way away, like trying <laughs> like the to laser sight slowly moving just, across the room. Yeah, he just has a pistol with a laser sight on it, and he's—he's he's like ten like, feet away. Ten. He's at the door of the <laughs> office, and he. The camera shots weird. It's like above the rabbi, we see the the laser pointer like on uh, the page of the yeah, of the... slowly wor- wor- like working its way across the page, and the guy sees it, and then there's a shot of him with the laser pointer right in his chest, and then he is assassinated, and his book of codes is stolen. And but he's made it, or he's written a computer program that can. Decipher the code. Yeah, but the computer program also moves in real time, so it it can't solve the prophecies until <laughs> until like, they like it, happen. Th- until it happens. I don't know. If, was that like an actual plot point that it was happening? I mean, it doesn't matter either way. Because... <laughs> I know it doesn't. <laughs> anyway, the computer program. It was. They really should have started it earlier because it was only revealing the prophecies after the fact. Yeah, and it, it they printed out of a printer. <laughs> I don't know. It was just a very strange way to... I don't know. It just... It takes this computer... It, I don't know. The computer's working in real time, and it's finding these prophecies. But then there's this motivational speaker that we talked about who ends up joining with the Antichrist um, to sort of be his spokesperson and to reach out to world leaders so that they can all agree about, like, a one-world order, which is a yeah a huge, a huge thing that people have... In 
and and Christianity in general is I they it's like like a conspiracy theory almost the yeah. way they treat it because I remember when uh, most of Europe adopted the euro and I had a teacher in high school who was very adamant that that we're working towards a one world order with the euro like one world currency and. Yeah, but, I remember when the European Union was like being founded, and there were like uh, there was this sweet spot where there were like ten ten nations that were going to do it, and everybody was like, "These are the the ten horns from Daniel." Yeah, you know, the the nation states are coming together. This is the end of days, and then it became like eleven and twelve nations, and that kind of fell out the window. People had to try and reinterpret that you know yeah. how the European Union would be the. Uh, would be the fulfillment of this biblical prophecy and the euro was a big part of that it's it's really a lot like even secular doomsday yeah if if, like people but it's fascinating to me actually how well um dispensational thinking like this end times kind of thinking and not all dispensationalists are like this to be fair but it's amazing how this kind of thinking like fits hand in glove with like Alex Jones type conspiracy yeah. theories about one world governments and uh, a lot of paranoia. Like, yeah, the, anything uh, that prison happens. planet type stuff. It, and it's amazing how those two groups have just like married themselves together. Yeah, it, there's there's it's sort of there's a superstition surrounding it too because I remember any time a teacher in high school. There are some of them, not all of them did this, but a couple of them, like 666 would be written on the board. Like, to say that was the answer to a math problem, they'd be like, oh, let's just change that to 667. Like, there's a weird, there's a weird paranoia Oh, there's no Mark of the Beast in this movie either. No, there's not. Huh. Mm-mm. I guess there's not. But, but yeah, you're right about the paranoia. I remember one time I was at a Taco Bell, and I ordered, like, a taco and... Uh, one of those apple empanada things. Oh, so good! Oh. And uh, the, my my final price was six 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 after tax. And the the girl behind the counter was like, "I'm not gonna say it." I'm like she's <laughs> never been to church in her life, and she knows that. <laughs> oh my! It was just this weird moment. I was like, oh, okay. "I'm not gonna say it." <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's this strange. Your total is Satan. You're the Antichrist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she looked at me like, oh, man. I was the Antichrist. Uh, but yeah, there's a superstition around this kind of stuff. And it fits so well with like the modern day conspiracy theorist type stuff with like the Illuminati and one world government. And there's these people behind the scenes running everything. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like not to get like theological or start preaching or something, but I feel like people in modern times like there's there's no structure to the world everything just seems super chaotic mm-hmm. and so it's almost comforting to think that there's this power behind the scenes that's running everything that's making sense of all of the stuff that happens in the world even if it's like a nefarious evil power at least there's something yeah, holding the strings behind the scenes that's a good point and it's sort of a Again, not to get too preachy, but it's sort of like a denial that, you know, God's sovereign. Like, he's the one who's got everything under his control, and we don't believe that, and so we invent all of these conspiracy theories yeah, to that's... make sense of what's happening in the world. Anyway, that's I wonder my if thoughts on the that sort of thinking. The big 
interest in conspiracy theory in Christianity is a result of revelation interpretation? Do you think there's there's a, a definite correlation? Do you think it's just a case-by-case thing where... No, I, I think there's definitely a correlation to that sort of stuff because, especially with prophecy, the, the nice thing about prophecy, and this happens with even prophecy that's not in the Bible, like Nostradamus or whatever, mm-hmm. it's so easy to make it mean whatever you want it to mean. If you're not following the rules of interpretation, like yeah, if you if you don't know how to interpret a apocalyptic text from yeah. the Bible or it's, from outside of the Bible, it's so easy to get sucked into it. Have you ever, <laughs> even after I read this, you know, like I, I looked up what the Omega Code is, the Bible Code, and there's links to all kinds of things. And you start reading it, and it's like, you start out, you're like, this is so dumb. Like, how could people believe this? But then you keep reading, and, and then next you're like... you know, it's three in the morning, and yeah. you're up at night with your laptop, like, yeah. oh man, the Antichrist is here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you keep reading, and then the the I always, I always just exit out of the links real fast, just because I'm like, the moment that I go... Hmm. You know, there might be something yeah. to that. And I just say, no, 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 no. I got to get out of this. I got to get out of here. Yeah. But it's so, I, I don't I don't know what it is, but I find it so compelling when I start reading yeah. it. I don't know if it's like some part of human beings in general, or if there's just people that are kind of wired to really get into that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think, especially because we both grew up with that sort of model being presented as what the Bible teaches. I mean, I love that conspiracy theory stuff. I used to, when I was a teenager, back when I still believed like the dispensational interpretation of the mm-hmm. Bible, I used to stay up at night and listen to this radio show called Coast to Coast AM. Uh, the host was Art Bell, and he, oh, you've told me he, about yeah, this he guy. just had like the craziest like ghost stories, all kinds of stuff like that. But he always had these conspiracy, one world government type shows too, um, and. I I just ate it up. I was like fascinated by it. Yeah. I mean, I, like part of me was like, oh, maybe there's something to this, but most of it was just for the pure entertainment factor of it. Yeah, and I I still enjoy that kind of stuff. But I think it's probably because we grew up with it. Uh, I don't know that everybody is that way necessarily. Yeah. So back to the plot. Yeah. So this this motivational guru who has two doctorates, uh, Doctor Lane. There's a few things with him. The first we first meet him in on that talk show. Yeah. He appears on a talk show to promote his new book, which I cannot remember the title of, but it's, it's really it's strange. It's a really long title. This guy, this very educated guy, I don't know, he's so educated. It's just surprise it, it's weird to me that he would be into that kind of thing unless he's just, you know, Playing it's a cash a grab. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what it seems like. Although I don't know that the movie really thought put that much thought into his character. It didn't seem like they did. But yeah, I love how his talk show appearance is just like that Tom Cruise one on <laughs> Oprah, where he's like jumping over couches and he's like standing up and addressing the crowd. Yeah, he's very, was, very animated. It was weird. It was. It was really strange. And he, I don't even remember any of the stuff he said on the the talk show. But it was. I do remember one thing he said that made. No sense at all. And it's it's sort of important to the plot of the movie, so we can talk about it. I don't want to go through the movie scene by scene, but in the when he's in the talk show, he says, you know, his the lady asks him, you know, you believe in all this Bible code stuff, but you don't actually believe the Bible. 
And then he's like, yeah, because my mom died in a car accident. Oh, yeah. And that day I realized that her truth was a myth, and therefore myth is truth. And it, it was like this, it's supposed to be this deep, like, yeah. statement about reality. And it just, it didn't make any sense no. at all. But that... This is, overall, I think the the people who wrote this script were not, I don't think, qualified to write about big things. Big, like big ideas or just weren't cut out for it and so they just avoided it altogether <laughs> like every big thing that happens in the movie or big thing that they just said, cut away they just cut away <laughs> they don't explain anything even when jumping ahead even when uh alexander stone the the antichrist meets with all the world leaders and he he he's going to convince them to unite as one yeah, create nation, peace in the Middle East. Create peace, yeah. All of, all of those like end times tropey stuff that he's trying to get them on board with. He, he, okay, he sets a briefcase on the table. We never see what's in the briefcase. I thought, my first instinct was like, is he offering them cash? <laughs> is, is he like making them some kind of offer they can't refuse? Just like... Like, you get a briefcase, you get a briefcase, everybody gets a briefcase full of cash to be convinced, and presumably a briefcase of cash of the new one world currency. Right. And so, but they don't show it, he just sets it on the table, puts his hands on the table, and stares everybody down and says something like, I have a proposition for you. Yeah, and then it just cuts away. Scene cuts, and we find out that the world is united. I think... I could be wrong, but I'm guessing that what he was offering them was access to his, like, food and water desalinization stuff that he... Oh, I'm yeah, guessing that's what that's it was. Right. Yeah. That won't make much sense if you haven't seen the movie. And he um, pioneers a lot of stuff. He has yeah. those, like, wafer, the, those wafers that are like Lembus bread from yeah. Lord of the Rings <laughs> yeah. that keep you satiated for a long period of time. And his own way to uh, desalinate water. Yeah, desalinate water. And he also has te- <laughs> technology to neutralize All nuclear atomic weapons. weapons. Yep. Atomic weapons, yeah. yeah. That was impressive. Uh, yeah, but and that one just kind of came out of nowhere. But all that's a f- <laughs> it's throwaway. Yeah, because we don't we don't know anything about like everything that he bases his um, rise to power on. We know nothing about. And again, and. I think they throw in the whole uh, de, um, disarming and neutralizing atomic weapons is like a news story in the background. Yeah, they don't. It's not. Nobody even talks about it. It's just like this yeah, it's like a voiceover. Yeah, <laughs> and they never explain how he's going to do anything. And like I said, they don't even have the the scene where he convinces the world leaders to unite. Yeah, and that's rather pivotal to the entire movie. <laughs> like I said, it's just. Yeah, the writers. I think they they did well not to write themselves into any kind of hole. Could you I imagine mean, them trying to write the yeah. conversation where peace in the Middle East happens? Oh. It's like, uh, you know, anybody watching, it's like, well, that's never going to work. Yeah, <laughs> you can't really write right. that scene. Yeah, so I, maybe kudos to them for yeah, just avoiding it. Anyway, so the Antichrist rises to power with Lane as like his uh, the the voice, his voice in the media. And eventually, Lane runs... Well, another character runs into these two prophets who were at the beginning of the movie. Prophets who are uh, theoretically prophesied in Revelation. Yeah, the two witnesses. Yeah, the two witnesses. So they show up, and they... 
um, warn Lane through a third party that he needs to uh, be warned that he's his life is in danger, and they give him some sign for how to to proceed. And so, th- yeah, this is one thing we need to talk about. So in the movie, there's this one year cut. There's a the scene happens, yeah. and it's like one year later. Um, and he has the conversation with this person who warned him and says a specific line about follow the papers of blood. The or blood something. on the pages. Yeah. The, the blood name. I don't know. Something's written in blood. It's And yeah. this person comes up to him at the event where Alexander Stone is announcing the unification of the world. And she whispers to him, look yeah. out for the blood pages or yeah. whatever. And... Uh, that it really doesn't matter because that what whatever she says like it's not relevant to what he actually does yeah. it's just a statement <sighs> yeah and then they cut a year later and he remember like the next scene is him remembering that the line movie, uh dr lane has these visions but they're not they're not they're, like you, we cannot tell at all what is going on in the visions it's just these super fast cuts with like star wars sound effects it sounds like a star wars battle and there's like <laughs> flames and there's i i don't it happens four or five times yeah. maybe maybe more than that and I, I i don't know what was contained in the visions but he has one of these visions that remembers what the the girl said yeah the lady said about yeah, the um, pages of blood. Blood on the like page. That. Yeah, whatever. The I don't know. And, and then, I just watched this movie like an hour ago. Yeah, we had to re. We decided. <laughs> ben and I had to sit down, and we we were like, "All right, want to do this?" We're like, "I don't know." And we started talking. We're like, "Well, we need, we need to. Yeah, we I probably need... should watch this again." So we are we're fresh off this movie. We we watched it a second time. Yeah, taking my grand total of seeing this movie to four times. Yeah. So this. Anyway, he has these visions. He finds out about the computer that's making the prophecies about the Bible codes. And he's uh, scandalized because it means that the Antichrist is doing nefarious things like blowing up the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem, which we forgot to mention that. Okay, so... Major plot point. (laughs) There's this major plot point where... um, Wait, what? What triggers the? Well, okay, the so, prophecy triggers the Jerusalem plan. Yeah, okay. but the Jerusalem plan okay. was apparently uh, already. Oh yeah. In so okay, this. So <laughs> we find out that Alexander Stone is following the prophecies as they come about. Yeah, I, I, I believe so. Yeah, and what happens in the movie is that someone decides, but it, there's this Jerusalem plan. Uh, there's a effect. prophecy about yeah. Jerusalem. Yeah, and, and Alexander Stone says to. Yeah, enact uh, the Jerusalem like, plan. Commence the Jerusalem plan. The Jerusalem plan is this prefabricated attempt to blow up the dome on the rock. Yeah. Ultimately to build the the mosque and the Solomon's temple side yeah. by side, which I believe Left Behind does the same thing. Left Behind does the same thing, yeah. This movie opens like Left Behind. It's like a oh, shot yeah. of the dome of the rock. That's right. And... Um, so this Jerusalem plan, so he's following prophecies, but he has this Jerusalem plan to blow up the, the, the dome on the rock. Yeah. And it's called the Jerusalem plan, and it's two guys in Jerusalem who are presumably on the payroll to live in Jerusalem so that they can blow up blow the up work. the dome on the rock. It's these two guys with these real like dynamite 
like ticky, like, ticking yeah, time they have, bomb. Like, actual clocks yeah, on they them. have actual clocks <laughs> on. Them. They take this dynamite and they put it in, in the, the, dome the, rock, yeah, in the yeah. dome of the rock, and then it blows up. So it raises the question: Is Alexander? Choosing just to do all this stuff, or is he just waiting for the prophecies to come? Or I mean, yeah, do stuff, or is he just following them as they come? Already there, obviously he had it prepared because it was a plan. Um, but oh. but he waited until the prophecy told him that the mosque was going to blow up, and then he did it. So I'm not sure if he's following the prophecies or if he is doing things that he has ideas for already it's really unclear what the relationship of the prophecies to what's happening in the movie is I, yeah because yeah it's almost as though the prophecies are just like narration about the movie yeah yeah it is it, yeah there's short little printouts with yeah. the the prophecy phrase on it like here's what's happening in the movie now yeah and i'm trying to think then what happens so they're but oh yeah, then he gets caught. Doctor Lane finds the program and yeah. realizes that that Alexander Stone is doing the bidding of the prophecy, the, the prophecy presumably, and Michael Ironside, Dominic is his name. Dominic, he goes down there to shoot uh, Lane. Lane, but then Alexander Stone, the Antichrist, comes down and he tells Dominic not to shoot him. Because Dominic is under the impression that he was going to be... Like the number two. Yeah, so he's the, jealous. The, the false prophet of Revelation. Yeah. And so he's jealous of Lane. And so he shoots Alexander Stone. By accident, because he's trying to shoot Lane. Yeah. And then Alexander Stone uh, is in the hospital. He raises, rises from the dead. Yeah, which is... Nobody's overly concerned about that fact either that he raises from the dead are they because even like there's a crowd of people outside the door who see that he's alive and they're just like we gotta like ask him they're yeah i don't know it, yeah that was a strange like, they didn't really they didn't really flesh that out too much they're just like yeah he's back now yeah it, it, this the theme in this movie i in my notes i wrote down i think about eight times everything just happens it's <laughs> where you're just you're 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 required to just assume or just know what's going on yeah. and just... if you haven't already had a background in like dispensational interpretation of the revelation yeah you would have no idea what's going on none. in this movie none whatsoever all. it's very muddled yeah rather muddled yeah so it was definitely a movie made for people who already believe this stuff yeah i that's there's no doubting that yeah. so anyway he rises from the dead declares himself god in jerusalem some people get upset about this and uh, the two prophets show up and they rebuke him. Then he kills the two witnesses and puts them on display. This is all kind of following your standard dispensational mm -hmm. view of Revelation. They rise from the dead at some point, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, because they go into... A... This is the scene. Alexander Stone goes and declares himself God. Yeah. The Antichrist, you know, says, I am your king and your God. Yeah. People are upset. Then the two witnesses come in and start prophesying about him. And then they get shot by guards. And then they rise from the dead near the end yeah. when, like, Christ is coming back. Right. Which, that's never really made clear that that's what's happening. It's just... No. Anyway, we can get to that. Right. But, um, so Lane... Is now accused of being the guy who killed. Yeah, or Dominic tried to kill. frames Lane. Yep. And so there's a big manhunt for uh, Lane, and he ends up with the 
the the woman who had told him to watch out for the blood pages. Yeah. They're on the run together. They go to Jerusalem to an old monastery. But we find out that she's actually just been leading the bad guys to him. Yeah. Because they're trying to get that final page of right, the, yeah. the book that from the beginning of the movie, if you've been paying attention to our synopsis. Yeah, and then Lane ends up at his old friend Jack's house. Or is that his dad? I, I think it's a friend. Yeah, it's like a, a mentor. Yeah. Jack, who's this old guy who Lane talks to about things. And he goes to his house for help. But then um, he turns and then on him. Jack says, I'm going to call my friends in the government or something like that. He's like, I'll call my friends in the government and we can get you out of this. Yeah. But then he, we see in the background he makes a real quick call. Yeah. So he is called. Um, yeah, no, so it seems like the first time he makes a legitimate call. But in that scene, um, d- uh, Lane, Gil- Gillen Lane tells him that he sees these visions and he like grabs Jack and he's like, they're real, they're oh, real. Yeah. And then... Uh, Jack is like, you know what? I've I've got to go for a second. I've got a weak bladder. And then he goes and makes another phone call. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, and then... And that's when... The... No, they call him, though. This yeah. is the biggest slip-up oh, yeah. in this whole plot <laughs> that Jack like... calls him and is like, get over here right now. Yeah, and then they and call so he, him back. He, 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 he left them a voicemail. He left them a message on the answering machine. It was like, hey... Hey guys, just want to let you know that uh, Lane's here and you should come over here. And then they call him back and say, we'll We're on our way. way. Yeah. yeah. But Lane <laughs> is the one that picks up the call because Jack goes to the bathroom. Yeah. And then they show up uh, and they're trying to shoot him. Yeah. And then Jack has this line. I think it's meant to be like comic relief where he's like running after these guys who are trying to. Yeah. Um, he says. Oh, nobody said anything about shooting him. It's this, <laughs> the tone is so, like, a clownish, yeah. you know? And it's... Oh. And then we never see Jack again. That's the end of Jack. Yeah. The movie. Oh, they kill him. Oh, do they? I think so. Unless I'm thinking of another movie that I've watched recently, which I don't think I am. No, it would make sense that they killed him. I think they shoot him, and then they go after Lane. Yeah, and then they take Lane to a dungeon. Yeah. Some... They lock him up in a dungeon... And Which we this is a whole other thing about the movie. Alexander Stone's headquarters. <laughs> he lives so in a lair. He lives in a castle. Yeah. So for the people who may want one day to be like an antichrist figure or just yeah. a bad guy in general, a few suggestions is one: don't put your like your hideout should not look like a secret lair with like torches. Yes, this guy. <laughs> Where he keeps, like, the secret computer room with the prophecies and stuff. <laughs> There's, like, demonic symbols on the walls. And, tor- and torches. Literal burning torches to <laughs> light the This movie happens hallway. in the 1990s. It's not like yeah, we're in the they, 1600s they, There here. is definitely, in the rest of the movie and other places, working electricity. <laughs> but in the, the hallway in the lair, it's just torches. Yeah. And, yeah, so have a lair. Don't have a lair, probably. Is uh, if you oh. want to get away. Oh yeah, if you're trying to get away land, with with. Don't have a lair. Don't have a lair. Don't hire bald guys <laughs> to be your second in command because I I think I don't know. I have this feeling that other movies there there's, yeah, there's always, always like, that guy. Yeah. 
And then also commit to an accent. No, don't. Rather, don't. (laughs) Don't commit to an accent. Have as neutral of a voice as possible. Because Left Behind, it's a Eastern European Russian. This one is this uh, refined British accent. So don't commit to an accent. Just stand out as little as possible. Yeah, exactly. Anything else? I'm trying to think throughout the movie if there's anything else that you shouldn't commit to if you're trying to take over the world. Mm -hmm. But it's really no layers, no bald guys. Declaring yourself God might... Although that sort of yeah. comes with the Antichrist thing, so you kind of have to do that. Subtlety. <laughs> I think Dr. Lane should write like a self-help book about yeah. trying to take over the world. It might it might go better. But, um, so yeah, really, the lair thing is the big one, though. Um, it, it's a dead giveaway. Yeah, and so Lane, when he goes into the lair and finds his computer room, it is unlocked unprotected <laughs> the doors are wide the open. doors are I don't like, even think there are doors he just like walks in if there, I think there were, there were like a jar they, he just like went in like there was someone there, lock, but... lock your secret lair if you're going to have one maybe yeah. the next but... suggestion <laughs> yeah well, yeah right lock your layers oh <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, he goes in there. He sees all that. We've already covered that. Part. Yeah, but yeah. But now so, he's locked in a dungeon, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, Dominic is beating him up. Yeah. What are What are they trying to? They're get trying out to of get him? the last page. Okay, of yeah. The, they're trying to get the still last doesn't prophecy. have it at this point. And they're just punching him. And yeah, they beat him up, and so they leave. And then my favorite scene in the movie happens, which is while Lane is in the dungeon, he starts to be attacked by demons. Mm-hmm. And the special effects budget, I'm assuming, had been drained from the scene where they blow up the model of the Dome of the Rock. Yeah, the a Rock. large percentage of the budget went to the explosion. So they, they didn't have much special effects budget. So at this point, the demons, when they appear on the screen, are essentially just cartoons drawn cartoon over the specters. film. Yeah. They reminded me of a, a low-budget version of like the... the, the on the dead in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> that's a good example. Yeah. My first reaction was, as you know, I'm known for my love of the BBC Chronicles of Narnia movies. <laughs> and my first reaction was thinking of the scene where right after the White Witch kills Aslan. Yeah. And she calls out for all the ghouls and the beasts. Yeah. And they're all just cartoons drawn onto the film. And this is exactly what that looked like. It looked exactly yeah, it's, like that. Yeah, it's sort of like a, yeah. <laughs> There's like the the skull floating around with the green, you know, yeah, the like flames, <laughs> and then. But I love like a green cloud comes into the room, which in like cartoons, that's usually like a bad odor. I don't know, maybe that's what they were going for. Like it's like the yeah. the sulfuric stench of hell itself coming yeah. into the room. Could be. And these demons attack him. They're yeah. like hovering over him, and this is the the conversion the scene, conversion scene, which it's. Not really played up that much. Uh, no. It, it's no Kirk Cameron. No. For sure. No. Not at all. Um, Dr. Lane just says, Lord, save me. Yeah, and Jesus the demons go away. And the, the, and the dungeon door, unlocks. Yeah, the dungeon unlocks. And he goes out. I'm not sure where he goes. I don't know. Oh, he runs into Dominic. First, like He runs into Dominic in like the hallways of the castle. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Then he, head, then he heads to the Antichrist's office, right? Because this yeah, is the end of the movie yeah. at this point. I don't remember what... Uh, is Dominic trying to kill him? Is this another laser pointer gun moment? I can't remember. Or it, he gets I, the I, gun. We literally just watched this and I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, Lane makes it up to the Antichrist's office and he has a gun now. So he must have gotten it from Dominic. Okay, yeah. 
and he's trying to kill Dominic. But he's, then Alexander Stone comes and takes the gun away from him. Oh, he's trying to kill Stone, too. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to kill Stone. Stone takes the gun away from him and has his evil monologue. It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's probably, um, what's his name? I can't think of the actor's name, but uh, the guy who plays the Antichrist, probably his greatest scene is his evil um, monologue here and actually it has my favorite line in the movie oh nice we got to hear this yeah i will say the the performances in this movie and maybe a little inconsistent but not as wooden as oh yeah fireproof michael ironsides uh dominic it's probably like he's he's got a bad script that he's dealing with Mm -hmm. but he plays it well yeah he's believable as the character that he's playing yeah most of them are except the main character he oh you know he's real hammy yeah but so anyway my favorite line in the movie. Uh, so Lane has the gun pointed at the Antichrist, and the Antichrist is about to attack Jerusalem or attack, like he's about to blow something up because uh, he sent planes. Oh, oh, the planes! Yes, he waves at them. Oh yeah, they're flying. He by. waves at fighter jets that are flying by, <laughs> like a real cordial, like not like a wave in his hands and like triumph. It's just like, <laughs> hey guys, he waves at them. He just. I forgot about that. <laughs> he waves at the planes. Hey, uh, guys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Lane has the gun pointed at the Antichrist, and he says, call off the attack or you're a dead man. And the Antichrist delivers this line so well. He's like, I've already been a dead man. Oh. It's so good. It's the best line in the movie because it's delivered really well, and he's just super smarmy about it. He's yeah. like, I've already been a dead man. It's, I love that line. Yeah, he was great at being a smug bad guy. Yeah. He was very good at it. Yeah. Um, then um, he dies at right shortly thereafter when, well, when he has a conversation so with Lane. At this point, oh my, we skipped a scene. At this point, um, Lane actually does have the final page. It's been given to him by the two witnesses after he breaks out of the dungeon. Um. So there's a whole thing that happens there, but it's not worth talking about. All you need to know is that he's got the final page. And the Antichrist is like, if you give me the final page, I'll call off the attack. Which really, Lane isn't holding any of the cards here. The attack's going to happen. Yeah. So I don't know why he actually gave him the the final page. Oh, yeah, and then... But he types it in on the computer, which I was impressed. Lane must have done some Hebrew studies in his time. Yeah. Because on an American keyboard, without changing any settings, he types in the Hebrew letters. I was really was impressed a, by oh, that. Yeah. Wow. It was, what a guy. It was impressive. So he must have known how to do that. He, yeah. But he types in the final code, which also, I don't know why... If, if you're going for the take over the world route, here's another principle that you might want to follow, hmm. is... Don't let the main character, who's like your antagonist, just randomly type things on your computer. I feel like I would have. He yeah. didn't. He didn't follow through with it. But that was a really bad idea. He's just like, okay, sure, I'll type it in for you. Yeah. It's like, okay, I don't know about it's, that. Yeah. But he types in the final code and gets the final prophecy. And the final prophecy prints out. I can't remember if it prints out before or after the final climax happens. But the final prophecy is something like. Uh, New dawn of millennium. Yeah, dawn of new millennium. Dawn of new millennium, yeah. And at this point, the Antichrist orders the attack to happen anyway, which, big surprise there. And as he's ordering the attack to happen, apparently Jesus returns, but that's not really made clear. It's just like this white light. Yeah, bright light. 
takes and over the, the earth. And it's a shot of the globe. Yeah, it's a shot of the globe. And, and like there's light spreading all over the globe. Yeah. I thought it was nuclear explosions at first. Yeah, I think it's that, I think it's Jesus returning. Okay, yeah. I would yeah, okay, I don't know if it's nuclear bombs or Jesus. It's never <laughs> it's never made clear to <laughs> us. Yeah. But it's one or the other. Yeah. So but the yeah, Antichrist the, is like blinded by the light. <laughs> And they should have started playing that song. That would have been perfect. A perfect way to end it. Um, but he... Um, he dies. The, Satan crawls out of him. Yeah, Satan leaves him and he dies of the gunshot wound. Yeah, the gunshot wound is... Uh, it reappears. Yeah, yeah it reappears. He, there's, he touches it. There's blood on his hand and then he keels over dead. And... What happens to... Do we know what happens to Laner? Is that the end that's of really the movie? Okay, that's the end of the movie. Uh, so it was it was a uh, it was not as good as you might think that based on our yeah. description of it yeah so don't get too excited yeah. um it was i would it was i would probably stay home from this one yeah I, w- I wouldn't go see it yeah if it's if they're showing it at your local theater i would it's not worth the 10 bucks yeah um i think i would yeah just don't yeah. Don't, don't it, do it. it. It was not a very good movie. It wasn't even like an enjoyable, so bad that it's good kind of kind of movie. I think I said yeah. that already. There's. Is there anything uh, more in the movie you want to talk about, just, or should we just, just go to like our a couple moments? Okay. When they're looking for him in the monastery, when they break into his room, yeah, they he's not even in there. They start shooting oh, everywhere. Yeah. It's so erratic. It's. <laughs> That cannot be proper protocol when you're storming a room. They just. I they feel like if you're an evil world taking over group, maybe that's okay. Like you don't care who you. Hit. That's true. You're maybe. You're, I guess you're working for the devil himself. That's, yeah. Okay. That's true. <laughs> the devil likes erratic behavior. Yeah. Um. There was that, and. Oh. Okay. There's this scene where Dominic is talking with Alexander Stone. He talks about some something something, and then he says. Love of parents, love of a woman, or a man. He says that to Dominic. And Dominic, I, I remember distinctly this scene from my second yeah. pl- playthrough here. He, Dominic just kind of looks down. Yeah. Like, and I don't, I don't. Is he talking about Dominic, like, just wanting Stone's approval? I don't know. That I was don't know. a very uncomfortable scene. It's so weird. And they did nothing with it. No. So they, they do nothing. They do nothing with anything in the movie. It's yeah. just like it just happens. <laughs> Everything always just happens, and that that whole thing left me very confused. The whole movie. I was the whole time I was watching this. I was getting anxious. Just like let's just get through this because it's yeah. it's so muddled and um, the computers always have space noises too. Like, do com- did computers used to make those noises, like the beeps and the, like, R2-D2 sounds? There were a lot, I had a lot of Star Wars references yeah. in my notes, like the, the witnesses use the Force. Oh, yeah. And, um, like, the Force choke, specifically. Yeah. Which, I don't know. That's... The Antichrist uses it, too. Oh, yeah. On Dominic, at one point, hmm. in the hospital. Oh, yeah, that's right. After he rises from the dead. And then... Car chase scene was wild. Uh, were, oh, and it ended up being a dream anyway, so it didn't matter. Oh yeah, that's right. It was a dream. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. And then he went in front of that that you remember that store, and his face appeared on all the TVs, and that's how the police catch him. He's like looking. He, uh, what is happening? 
Is is it like trying to point to the fact that everybody's is like Big Brother's watching? Yeah, like, I guess. Order? Like, it was but weird. he's in front of a a local like TV electronic store, yeah. and he, there's all these TVs in the window, and he's looking at them. His face is in them, and then the cops across the street see his me. face in all the TVs, and they they try to chase uh, him down. Yeah. And then he runs into like a tunnel, and they have one spotlight. Certain like they just and they can't see him, and then they're like, okay, he didn't go down there, and they <laughs> they drive away. Uh, um, that's a, that probably another good principle for if you're trying to take over the world is be a little bit more thorough in your search yeah. for the one man who can take you down. Subtlety and thoroughness. Yeah. And uh, are, you, are you just going to go scene by scene? No, but I'm almost <laughs> at the end of my notes here. Oh, okay. and when um, the 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 prophets, the witnesses are resurrected. It reminds me of Beauty and the Beast when the the Beast becomes the prince again. Like all those clouds are like oh, smoke yeah. shooting around them. I think they stole that from Beauty and the Beast. This is your second Beauty and the Beast reference I know. in two episodes. I know. So. Yeah. I was I don't know. I was excited about it. And I think that's most I think that should probably yeah. be it. There, um, there. Oh, I, one of my favorite scenes is when I think someone is when Dominic's about to shoot Lane. He says, how about I help you to the next level of evolution? <laughs> that was, I think that was my favorite line. <laughs> how about I help you? Um, again, all these Star Wars rap. There's just yeah. all these, the force and space noises. and Yeah, so the biggest problem, I think... Actually, that can be one of our guiding questions once we get there. Mm-hmm. Are, are we ready to go there? I think so. This movie... I, I am glad that we are... This movie is over oh, with. Yeah, I'm glad we're done with I, it. Not not a good experience. It really wasn't. I mean, I wasn't even mad about it. I was just, <laughs> I was just rather disheveled about the whole experience. Yeah. All right. So, guiding questions: what tr- <laughs> what truth did you find in this movie? <laughs> I I don't know because we we don't even think that the depiction of the yeah, bad guy is very like yeah. truthful or yeah. I don't know. I I guess if you are. Dispensa- of dispensationalist yeah. it's i guess there is subjective truth in it but um but that's what's funny really is not the reviews that we were reading reviews about this movie and there's like these different camps obviously but yeah but we can talk about the reviews okay. after we do the right. questions because we'll do that segment yeah. uh so i don't really know that there was any truth in this it was all very subjective movie. and yeah uh, not really any you know it was ham-fisted is this it was, it was like... <laughs> ham-fisted yeah all right what did this movie get right the bad guys were excellent i thought like yeah um, the antichrist and dominic were both really they played their roles really well they weren't bad yeah, they actors. worked with what they had yeah. yeah the good guy uh lane not a good actor not he, didn't play the role yeah, well. his his very like an un, un, unpredictable performance yeah did the movie change your perspective on anything <laughs> it changed my i think pre- it reinforced <laughs> yeah. my perspective on some things it it changed my perspective about watching the omega code ever again which is that i will not yeah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah because i read this one review about the, along with that the guy was like i'm happy i watched this movie because that means whenever i see a bad movie from now on <laughs> I can say at least it wasn't the Omega Code. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, does this movie raise any interesting questions about the subject matter? I think that I've, people always talk about the end of the world. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think, but I, 
it fed that like conspiracy theorist that lives deep inside of me. Yeah, for sure. So that was fun. Also, one of the things we were talking about on this episode was the relationship between prophecy and whether he's fulfilling things or just you know going along his own plan and the prophecy is just telling us what happens. And the Antichrist character in the movie, sort of out of character, has this moment where he's like, you know, am I going to be judged for? Oh yeah, out the he prophecy? has his, his like ethical dilemma. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting. question. Yeah, it was. I, again, he it's all the characters are pretty static throughout the whole thing. Yeah. But. I it would have improved the movie if they had pursued that more. It's sort of like Macbeth, I guess, right? Yeah. Like trying to figure out whether that would have been a really compelling movie. Actually, yeah, bound like this evil the... guy who's fulfilling a destiny that he can't change and is just trying to figure out that is is he ethically, morally yeah. responsible for living out this destiny that he's forced to live out. That would have been an interesting concept for a movie. Oh yeah. Although I think Dune, the book Dune by Frank Herbert, sort of gets into that question oh, okay um should this movie have been made no 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 not a, didn't need to happen i don't think so it, yeah. yeah no if you were to recast this movie who would you choose so i, I yeah michael ironside as the dominic was a perfect casting mm-hmm. decision he nailed it although i did call him the discount jack nicholson while we were watching <laughs> yeah it. yeah and I, I i thought that uh the guy who played lane was sort of a discount tom cruise maybe i thought that just because of the the couch scene. scene but <laughs> yeah i could see that though tom cruise oh, we didn't get role. into any of lane's uh, yeah home life situation <laughs> we, um, that, oh man we can't spend much more time yeah but we'll just say the phrase tickle spiders is used <laughs> yeah tickle times. spiders is a uh, phrase my tickle spiders are bigger than your tickle spiders that is direct from the movie <laughs> yeah it's and i think that's all you this movie's know. on youtube you can go several find different it. channels yeah. have posted this movie so if you want to i think learn the third about... one down is the better quality yeah. out of the three if you want to learn more about tickle spiders yeah. just go watch it yourself so we're not going to recast what character did not get enough screen time i mean jack. it didn't really matter jack yeah cause <laughs> yeah that's true i mean he, he plays this big role in lane's uh, there is just a lot of yeah I don't know. All right. I feel like we don't need to answer these other questions we've already... Okay, and who was this movie made for? Yeah, who was this movie made for? It had to be made for people who already believe this stuff because it yeah. doesn't explain... It, it, yeah, so it's not trying to convince anything. me of anything. Yeah. And what about... Did the movie accomplish anything? It confused me. Because... Yeah... It, all right. Yeah, that's it. Didn't really I, account. Yeah, it, I feel like when we answered, should this movie I have been made? I am sick of the Omega Code. <laughs> yeah. Are we gonna watch the sequel? That's the big question. <sighs> Not for a while. Yeah. Uh, it, I, um. Could I think we already answered this? Could the movie have worked too? Which if we made it no, if you had like drawn more of the Macbeth. Oh, that if they yeah, had like it really been a totally different movie. Been more intense. Yeah. Right. That so, could have been. I guess an as the movie concept. is, maybe. It, yeah. It never had any chance. No. All right. So those are... The, that's the Omega Code. Um, what would you rate this movie if you were going to I, rate the Omega Code? I One, one fire hat. One, one fire hat. Yeah. I'm sticking with fire hats, right. I think. I don't even know what I would use to... Yeah. One laser sight. <laughs> I mean, one one, that's one laser sight. I was going to use laser sights. But, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I would rate this a one also. Although maybe I would go a little higher just because the acting was a little better That's than... That's true. That's true. 
I'll give it two. Two laser sights. Two, two laser sights. Right. I will give this movie one still. I, the acting doesn't make up for just how awful the movie is. One tickle spider. One tickle spider. And two laser sights okay. for the Omega Code. I'm in agreement. All right. So we're, we're going to try and cut down the episode lengths here a little bit because we had some... Rude, rude was, comments about the fact that our yeah. review of Fireproof was yeah. longer than the movie itself. So we're trying to cut. Yeah. So rude. <laughs> people being honest about what they think. Anyway. I can't believe the audacity of some people. Yeah, well, one of them was my mother, so let's, let's oh, calm I'm down. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh! No, yeah. But we have... I'm sorry. A new segment that we're going to try and do here at the end of each episode, which is to read some of the reviews on Amazon or IMDb of the movie that we reviewed um, that, you know, these reviews we thought were funny or interesting reviews. So here's one, here's one from, it just says, an Amazon customer. They rated the movie four out of five stars and said, a bit overrated, but real good. This movie rocks, but it isn't as great as some people made it out to be. You really check it for yourself. Casper Van Dien was awesome. Michael York... Uh, Michael York. Michael York. Michael York was suspendous as the evil Stone Alexander. But Michael Ironside broke the Eighth Commandment and stole the show <laughs> as, as Stone's henchman, Dominic. This is a classic film. I must recommend this all apocalyptic thriller fans. Uh, so I I have to agree with his. Well, how, wait, how did well, how did they say apocalyptic? I'm assuming that's apocalyptic. I thought you said epileptic. <laughs> but I have to agree with his comments about Michael Ironside stealing the show. He was the, definitely the best actor. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, do you have any reviews that you would like to read? Uh, no, it was just that one about oh, what yeah. the guy said about. At least it wasn't. The Omega Code. So I, I have one more that I thought was interesting. This is uh, also an Amazon review. Three out of five stars from Angela. And she writes, I've seen hundreds of sci-fi movies over the years. This is one of those you'll wonder whether you've watched it or not a few years down the road. You just can't remember. <laughs> which is a thrilling endorsement of the movie. <sighs> all in all, I figure it's still better to watch a so-so sci-fi movie than Dances with Wolves. <laughs> This movie will end up being non-memorable, but it's preferable to being in a coma. She really hated Dances with Wolves. Okay, when was that review written? <laughs> that review was written in 2005. That's like 15 years after Dances with Wolves. <laughs> she can't get over it. She oh, did not man. like Dances with Wolves. I can't believe the comparison drawn between Omega Code and Dances <laughs> with Wolves. Yeah, Dances with Wolves came out it came out in 1990, so yeah, okay. 15 years. <laughs> to be fair, Dances with Wolves was like three hours long, so... It was long, but, but it's not <laughs> worse than the Omega Code. No, certainly not. No. Certainly not. I cried during Dances with Wolves when they shoot his wolf. Oh. Oh, that kills me. I don't want to talk about it. All right, anyway, so that's the Omega Code. Um, if you have seen this movie and would like to send us... And email with your own review of it. We will be happy to read that on the next episode. Or if you just have general questions or comments about the movie, yeah. please feel free to email us at betterdaypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And we're also on social media now. Yes, we are on uh, Twitter at betterdaycast. Or betterdaycast. Ah, Sorry, that's how Twitter works. <laughs> I forgot how Twitter works. <laughs> it's at betterdaycast. We're on Instagram at betterdaypodcast. 
And we are also now on iTunes. Yes, you can uh, listen to us, subscribe on iTunes. Please write us a review if it's a positive one. If it's going to be negative, don't write it. Yeah, if you're going to be honest, don't yeah. do not do that. Just, we're really just looking for friends to yeah. pump us up here. Yeah. Yeah, we got a friend in you. You got a friend in me. So please subscribe on iTunes. Yeah. And um, I think that's about all yeah. we have today. Um Ben, do you have any last anything to plug or anything? No, uh, that's about it. We would love to hear from you. Suggest you know other movies yeah. that we can review. We have really been down about. some strange rabbit holes. Oh my goodness! On the internet with <laughs> movies like this. Yeah, we, there's a lot of film production companies out there that we didn't expect to exist. Yeah, but I, I have stories that I'll be able to tell sooner. Sooner or later, about some of the... I've, I've emailed people that I never, like... I'll talk about it some other time when yeah. we do another Maybe episode. Maybe the end of the season, we <laughs> can kind of recap some of the... The last episode can just be a recap of some of the yeah, things Bizarre we've things discovered. we've had to do. Yeah. Shockingly enough, um, obscure niche Christian movies are not super popular, and so it's hard to find them. And so you have to go some, to some interesting places to get a hold of these movies. Yeah, and I'll continue to email us about whether or not you wanted to marry a parent when you were a kid, too. Are there I, any big questions from this movie? Not really. This was a doll. It, it didn't raise any... Doll. It was... Yeah. I, like, Fireproof had character, man. Like, that movie... <laughs> For all the negative things we said about yeah, Fireproof, at least movie, we were in... Like, we didn't hate ourselves after watching no. it. No. <laughs> This movie, I just, I, we really, we got together today. We just didn't have, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm never talking about this ever again. Yeah, uh, reach out to us on Instagram. all of you people who suggested that we review the Omega Code. You really need to rethink your lives. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> Contact us on Instagram or Twitter yep. or email us. Yep. Tune in next week, and we will let you know, uh, perhaps a couple days in advance, what movie we're going to do. But rest in assurance that it will be a good one. It'll be better than the Omega Code. Yeah. At <laughs> least it'll be better than uh, the Omega Code. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Later, skaters. <laughs> <laughs>